Welcome to turning a moment into a movement. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining us on turning a moment into a movement. I am Jay Love. I hope you guys can hear me. We're having some kind of something's going on with StreamYard. I've been um, um, troubleshooting it for the past hour. So I hope you guys can hear me. Let me know in the comments if you can. But hello, thank you for joining us. My name is Jay Love and I represent the Justice for Gerard movement. Um, we come here on Fridays at six at 8.30 p.m. to talk about um, wrongful convictions and injustices that happen within our criminal um, legal system. So thank you for joining us. Um, okay. Clear, loud and clear. Thank you. I just can't hear on my end, but it's cool. We're going to keep it moving. But thank you. I'm going to, uh, for joining us. As you guys know, uh, Gerard is my son who was wrongfully convicted of a crime he didn't do innocent and he went to prison for that crime. And because of that journey with him and all the people that I met on that journey, we created this platform called. Um, turning a moment into a movement. So um, our mission uh, statement, I am so thrown off, but our mission statement is to bring awareness to the wrongful conviction of Gerard and all others who are wrongly convicted, over-sentenced, medically ill, and medically frail in our community. 
to inspire, organize, and educate all communities about the need to disrupt systems, policies, and patterns of the criminal legal system that leads to wrongful convictions. So thank you for joining us. Um, oh, <clears throat> so I'm going to bring on Ravintia, who's here with us every Friday. Hi, Ravintia. Well, hello, Jay. How are you? I am. Um, I can tell there's been some changes. It looks like there's been some permission changes and things happening maybe between StreamYard and um, the other social carriers, I, I believe. I'm not sure. It just seems like there's a lot of things happening there. So I think that did throw things off a bit. Um, but yeah. anyway, I'm Tia Taylor and um, I am here every every Friday because it is time for us to change each and every mo moment and movement, <laughs> moment into a movement. Um, and I think as a people, we've gone through many moments. And um, I don't know about you, Jay, but I think our time is now for oh, yeah. change to actually happen. You know, um, I, I'm coming to you from the choice zone and um, I have uh recently really been um talking about mental health and the disparities in the community and i don't know if people realize it or not but most of the people who are behind bars have a um mental illness and some of them have never been diagnosed um so i you know under there where it says reverend tia taylor is supposed to say the choice zone <laughs> I think I had somebody else at my computer. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jay. <laughs> so I'm I'm excited to be here because the one thing I know is that the more we not just talk about the injustice, but talk about the answers and the solutions, then we can have victory. And we yeah. I, that's my expectation. And my prayer is that people join us in that expectation of justice and liberty and justice for all, like it says it is supposed to be. Um, that is an ideal that has yet to be accomplished, but I'm believing that it's already done. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Rabbit mm -hmm. Thank you. I see uh, Trisha is here. Hi, Trisha. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> I saw you. No, you're not feeling well tonight. You know, just a little exhausted, maybe. But you know, yet in the land of the living, <laughs> grateful for that. Um, you know, in the midst of everything that we're going through, we can always find that thing to be grateful about, you know. And I'm grateful. One of those things is this platform. Uh, very grateful for this platform. And man, when I think about how colonized everything is and what it would take to decolonize minds, um, to, to even take a look at systems, you know, I, I was a person I didn't even really realize what systems were until I realized it. And I thought, oh my goodness. So these mm. moments into a movement like. Reverend said, 
these moments are so important because if the seed is just planted for one, two, three, four, five people, and then they take what they have learned and share it and, and it just pops like popcorn, that's how we make change one person at a time, one moment at a time into the overall movement to bring about change. So I didn't say, but my name is Trisha Duckworth. I am, I'm just a nobody. Nah, um, but <laughs> I am the executive director of Survivor Speak and uh, just grateful for these moments so that we can continue to provide education and, and moments for the community to learn as we're learning because we sit here um, lifetime students, right? Um, decolonizing our own minds um, mm -hmm. from, from the things that we were taught and the things that we were learned, uh, but grateful for the awakening, grateful for my sisters, grateful for this session tonight. Yeah. You guys just reminded me something of something that Reverend Al Shopton said this past weekend on the um, black men um, conversation that they were having on AMS NBC. He said, and I, and I had it um, recorded, but something was going on with the intro, but he said that um, the moment, we gotta move beyond the moments. Yeah. He said, we, the moments we have to, we're angry, you know, we're there for that moment, but we have to turn the moments into movements. And I was like, hey, <laughs> so, <laughs> we had to move beyond the anger and get into and move into movements and make action. And that's how we make change. We have to continue the path and continue the fight. So I thank you guys. Attorney Mack will be on a little bit later. He um, He's in a meeting, <laughs> but we got to keep it moving. So Miss Diane who is just, she might as well be our, uh, <laughs> our panel member. Hi, Miss Diane. Hi, how you doing, Jay and Trisha? I'm so, okay, yeah. Hello. Sorry, I'm just a little discombobulated because I'm from trying to get on my computer. I'm on my phone now. <laughs> yes, we so are. We came through anyway. Yes, thank you. <laughs> So, uh, Diane, introduce yourself and tell people who you are. Okay, I'm Diane Bukowski. I've been the editor of Voice of Detroit for the last 13 years, an online newspaper. Previously to that, I was a writer, a reporter for the Michigan Citizen newspaper for 10 years. And I've been covering issues related to prisons and police in particular in the last uh, four or five years. And I'm here tonight to talk about the case of Darrell Ewing and his co-defendant, uh, Dorico Searcy, who are fighting a, a courageous and stunningly courageous battle against a system that convicted them wrongly twice and is now trying to convict them again, even though they have a confession from another man and the federal government knew at the time of their first conviction for murder in 19 in 2010 that they were not the perpetrators that somebody they had substantial evidence showing somebody else did the crime 
but the prosecutor continued with it. Kim Worthy and her people in, in her office continued with the prosecution and it was overturned uh, back in uh, 2019. They won a new trial because of uh, jury misconduct and other matters. And right now what's happening is that instead of dismissing the case, which Darrell has been arguing for, for uh, a long time, since uh, the conviction was overturned. And uh, instead of doing that, which Kim Worthy could have just dismissed the case, saved the taxpayers a whole lot of money, and mm -hmm. let the two young men go on with their lives, with their families. And I understand, is uh, Darrell's mother uh, still here? Yes, I want you to introduce her. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, Miss Sonia, LaSonia Dotson is Darrell Ewing's mother. She's been in the battle with him for the last, uh, oh, since, since his conviction in 2010. She's been a strong mother there for Darrell and uh, is responsible for a lot of the support that he's gotten and uh, has been brave as her son is brave. Her son right now is representing himself in front of a young judge named Kiefer Cox, who's part of the Cox family and has very little experience on the bench and also has ties to the prosecutor's office. He worked for four years with the prosecutors that, pros that falsely convicted uh, Dorico Searcy and Darrell Ewing. So, and so with that, I give you LaSonia Dotson, a longtime activist herself and the mother of Darrell Ewing. Sonia, hello. Welcome to Turning a Moment into a Movement. Turn your, something's going on with your sound, Sonia. Is your mic on? There's a little mic button at the bottom of my phone. It was crossed out. Can you try clicking that? So we, you might have to click off and come back in, Sonia. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no problem. Yeah, we've been having uh, issues tonight, and so we're going to just push through them. But, Diane, so uh, while we're waiting for Sonia to come back, um, there was a hearing today? Yes. This was a hearing that uh, uh, Darrell had filed. Darrell has filed multiple motions uh, to dismiss his case. They've been entered. The his co-defendant is Dorico Searcy, and his attorney Blaze Kearney from the Neighborhood Defender Service has opted into most of those motions in front of this judge. Now the judge is taking an attitude that Kiefer Cox, the young judge, he's thirty-four or. Yeah, he's 34, 35, about Darrell's age. And he's had one, he's just became a judge this year, no previous experience uh, as a defense, 
individual. He had four years experience in the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office during the time that Darrell and Dorico were convicted. And well, not during the time they were convicted, but during the time that they've been appealing. And uh, so Darrell asked uh, him to disqualify himself because of his connections with the prosecutor's office and his biased, uh, what he says is his biased uh, dealings with him on those motions. He's got an attitude as, as um, Slim Herndon, our legal advisor for the Voice of Detroit, was telling the family outside the courtroom today that this judge is a young white guy who comes from the Cox family. Mike Cox was his uncle. He has several, two judges in his family, Sean Cox, who's with the U.S. District Court Chief Judge, and uh, also uh, Kiefer Cox's father, uh, Keith Cox. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think I got his first name wrong. But uh, they're both judges in the Third uh, Circuit Court. And is he, uh, so, or is he appointed judge or he had he had an election? No, he was elected uh, in a off year for uh, the position. He had ran the year a couple of years before that and was beat out by uh, I forgot the name of the, it was a young black woman judge that beat him out. And uh, but then t a couple of years later, a vacancy came up and he got in. Uh, I, with an appointment, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Through an election, his election okay. campaign was was uh, run by, well, was run out of the offices of Mike Cox. I don't know if people remember his uncle Mike Cox when he was Attorney General for the state. He was known for his his uh, bad attitudes towards, in particular, young black fathers and fathers in general. Uh, you know, writing them and making sure that they got uh, charged and convicted when they couldn't pay child support. And uh, when most of the people that can't pay child support are in very low income uh, areas. And he conducted a really vicious campaign that laid the basis for uh, the rest of the, since that time, since his term as attorney general, uh, you know, talking about deadbeat dads, billboards all over the place. And he was zeroing in on black uh, dads. So that's kind of, and he uh, funded the campaign through his office uh, and uh, publicized it. They have a whole network of Coxes around the state. And uh, this is what he's doing in there now. Now, his father, however, was uh, in his courtroom. He had... Uh, the first exoneration in Wayne County was of Richard Phillips, who had served 47 years in prison. And mm. his father had that case in front of him, and he is actually the one that uh, exonerated him in a lengthy opinion, a uh, very well-written, detailed opinion. He's got a lot more experience. And also recently, Sean Cox, the chief judge for the U.S. District Court, Durrell has filed, and on behalf of other inmates at the Wayne County Jail, he filed a class action lawsuit against the conditions in the Wayne County Jail, and he just, which are terrible, the fact that they've been uh, being held there for, you know, three and four years, way out of speedy trial limits, been denied recreation, denied uh, 
uh, family denied in person. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just talking about our buddy Kiefer Cox and his background. So, but Judge Sean Cox recently granted part of uh, Darrell's motions and Darrell has, Darrell is a paralegal. He has a, he's a certified paralegal and he has a brilliant legal mind. And as Slim, as Travis Linden, our legal advisor told the family today, that judge is stealing, is looking at Darrell like he's a jailhouse litigator and he doesn't know nothing. It's It so happens. Darrell is a young black man that has a lot more skills and knowledge than Judge Kiefer Cox does. So he's up against uh, uh, quite a quite a battle here, but he's strong. He's he takes after his mother, from what I can <laughs> <He> see. <do. laughs> he got he got his mother. He he got his strength and courage on us from from his family, from his yes. mother. And his sisters have been involved. The entire family's been involved in supporting him at rallies and everything else throughout the campaign. Uh, today, the hearing, the judge denied his motion. Uh, just to make cut it short, so Sonia can say some more. Um, the judge denied the motion to disqualify himself, but it's still going in front of a higher judge on February 23rd. So that'll be heard again. So anyway, if Sonia wanted to chime in over here yes welcome again sonia welcome again <laughs> glad y'all can hear me yes. um thank you diane for introducing mm -hmm. me and uh again me and uh Darrell and has been going through this for the last 14 years of being wrongfully convicted and now that I know that y'all know how to fight is, it's nice to talk to people who know what you've been going through for real. It's easy to say I understand, but people really don't understand. You know, mm -hmm. it takes a lot to go through this. It takes being strong. You got to go back and keep working on your mental to stay strong through this because it's very yeah. hard. And I'm a strong person, but this is something that I wouldn't wish on a lot of people because a lot of people wouldn't be able to handle this, what we've been through. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, but um, they knew from the beginning that Darrell didn't do this. They came to my house. I was speaking on this today. They came to my house to get him. You state that he's a shooter, that he's the he's the shooter. Y'all coming to get him for that, and you don't search the home. You don't have a weapon, but you don't search the home. The weapon could have been there. So then you sit down and you talk to me, and without searching the house and say. Who will he talk to? We don't think he did this, but we want him to talk. So 14 years later, because he can't tell them what they want, we've been going through this for 14 years. They know he didn't do it. Like, like, like Diane said, the federal government came in with information from the guy who did it. The guy has confessed. A young lady was the driver. Dorico wasn't the driver. A young lady was the driver. She stated that she was. They still hid her and didn't bring her. When it's corruption behind stuff, it's so hard to get in there because it's so corrupt. When you got fake stuff put together, it's hard to pull out the real because they saying, okay, well, if these people seen this, then how is they saying it's her? She's light-skinned. He, he's dark-skinned. He's short. He's a man. She's a woman. You know, because they didn't see nothing. 
Mm-hmm. You can't when they put stuff together, it takes so long because of the corruption that they put their own story together and made exactly. it fit for what they were looking for. So we it's a hard, it's, it's a hard fight, but I appreciate my family, my daughters. It made us stronger. They say what don't kill you make you stronger. So I'm a firm believer in that now because I didn't know I had to quit my job because I didn't want to get fired when all of this happened. So I'm like, I might as well go on and quit because the minute they say it's court, they ain't telling me I can't go because I ain't got no off day or nothing. So I might as well set myself up to quit. So I ended up um, going, taking a leave from work. I worked for Xfinity, taking a leave and going to beauty school and got my license and opened up my own salon. And now I do lash extensions, uh, microblade and stuff like that. And it was the best decision I made because I needed more money to deal with this situation. I can't have a company and I needed my time. So, you know, and it, it made all of us take make a change in our lives. But when you pushed up against the wall, you'd be surprised at what you can do, you know. Yes. It's been working. I've been open for eight years through this whole thing, getting everything situated. Because even putting money on the phones to make sure you can keep your person talking to somebody. I can't even imagine how much I've spent on phones, you know, secure packs, food, all of that. Then you can't claim them Mm -hmm. on your taxes, though. You know. (laughs) Somebody else getting the tax credit. Yeah. You want me to feed him. You want me to keep his mental where he can stay in there so you can keep Mm -hmm. getting paid for him, you know, but then you don't want us to get none of our stuff back. Right. Yep. So all of that we've been through um, protesting, but I look at the situation as seeing so many of these young guys and older guys and everybody come home Mm -hmm. after being wrongfully convicted. I really think that it takes more than just a case by case dealing. People got to come together. They got to come together and create an accountability thing for each state, like have lawyers prosecutors, I mean, lawyers, not prosecutors, lawyers, uh, private investigators, all of that who work up under like one network, like insurance, right? They want us to get under the network to get the best price and make sure they're getting the best price and they're not paying out uh, more. This is the same thing we need to do. So when this kind of thing happened, you could catch it before people is convicted because it's too hard to come back. And, and that way, people will get in there and change the laws, too. So we need a lot of stuff that's done, and it need to be done in unison. Like, so that the next time we won't keep having this happening, it got to be 17 years and 27 years that people got to right. stay in there because they didn't know in the beginning. Because the things that we didn't know going in the first trial, they can't pull on us if they do retry this case, you know? Mm-hmm. The real knows a lot more than what he knew then. When you first going in and you ain't never been in trouble, you never been through this, you don't know whether your lawyer telling you the truth. You don't know whether the judge is okay. You don't know nothing about the prosecutor, the head person over the case. You don't know anything. So it's, and it's hard to deal with. Then once you get in there, you realize your mistakes once you get to learning. Mm-hmm. Like they shouldn't have did this. If they would have did that, this wouldn't even been this. And you know, that's the kind of things that I've learned through all of this and just um, just feeling sorry for people who don't have people to stand by them. Yes. You know, a lot I of people agree. don't do what we have done as mothers. Everybody ain't even in a position to 
stand by. Some people got to save themselves so they not mm-hmm. able to, you know, go in and get their sons or their fathers or brothers or whoever it is who is wrongfully convicted. So I can imagine mm-hmm. what that is like to deal with. Because it took a lot of, out of me and my family, but we'll do it again for him. You know, yeah. we'll continue to fight for him until he's home. Exactly. I know we talked one thing you I want to touch on when you said a united movement and Trisha and Reveteer, we talk about that all the time. Like we're more united in numbers, um, more powerful when we're in numbers. And you're right, the case by case, yes, you're gonna have to fight for your num for your loved one. That's a given. But when, mm-hmm. if we're all together, we can all fight equally for each other loved ones because the things that's going on it conti- it's been continuing uh miss diane how long have you been on this not just this particular case but just wrongful convictions period well that's probably been about uh let's see 14 years with voice of detroit and 10 years before that with the michigan citizen so that's at least about 24 years a Michigan citizen, I covered a whole lot of other topics as well, but I also did a lot of articles on wrongfully convicted prisoners, people that are serving uh, life without parole sentences, people, the juvenile lifers. I covered juvenile lifers for a long time with the Michigan citizen and have continued that on board from Detroit, sending the U.S. is the only country in the world that has that sentences children to die in prison. And uh, it's still continuing that process, although it's been ameliorated because the Supreme Court ruled against mandatory juvenile life without parole twice, the U.S. Supreme Court. But it's just we have the highest percentage in the world. We have 5% of the world's population in the United States, but 25% of its incarcerated population. Can you imagine a quarter of the world's incarcerated population and we're just a tiny number of the people in the world, 5%? So it's a battle. I mean, we're up against a system of mass incarceration, a prison state and a, a prison nation and a police state. And that's what people are fighting. And uh, Sonia and her family, Darrell, is uh, an example of somebody that didn't let, although he knew he was wrongfully convicted from the beginning, when that jury came back with the verdict, he was just stunned, saying that he was guilty. But he's fought ever since. He trained himself to be a a lawyer, to be a paralegal. He took a, since he's been in the Wayne County Jail, he graduated from the Blackstone Career Institute as a paralegal, and that's the grounds on which he's representing himself. He's representing himself now because of the fact that he saw his life taken from him unjustifiably on something that he did not do, and he went through all the motions in the courts with different lawyers and now that he knows what's going on and, and is familiar with what happens when you get in that situation, he wants to make sure that every dot is is pointed, you know, every I is dotted and every T is crossed because you only have one chance to do that. And when you're in front of the court, if you forget to do something and the, you get to the appellate court and they say, well, you should have done this earlier, that you're out of luck. So he's got a brilliant mind, no doubt inherited from his mother and the rest of his family. And he's uh, putting up a heck of a battle, and he's not stopping. 
He's he's a warrior. He's a warrior. So, and although uh, I've covered more of Darrell's case, but uh, they're both in. In fact, in the last hearing uh, that I covered was a hearing just for Dorico. The judge has. Uh, Se se uh, separated the two hearings for Dorico and Durrell, uh, although he plans to try them beginning March 25th in a joint trial. But meantime, he's hearing them separately, and they they need they each need to know what the other one is doing, what's what exactly. their defense is, so they can see. And uh, as Durrell said today in court, that's a violation of his due process. Yeah. You know, he said, "Mm-hmm." The way because because he has not been getting the information, uh, he's been backed up, however, by his defendant's attorney, and uh, who has said that he's, you know, validated his legal positions in the motions he's filed, and uh, so it's uh, it's a heck of a battle, and it's a battle for young men in particular in this community because yeah. how many people, how many young men have been sent to prison out of Detroit? Uh, either for things they didn't do or if they did do things, they've been sent for life without parole, which is an inhumane, inhuman sentence. You cannot, how can you just throw people away for their life? Take somebody's life for the rest of their life and say, you're no good, you're never going to change. And that's that. And uh, so it's a, it's a heck of a battle. It definitely is. It definitely is. And then with everything that's, that's coming out and with social media, it's definitely a way to make all of this follow suit. You can start something here in Michigan and make state by state give them like a blueprint to follow. But the only way to do it, and you can start with just accountability. We need lawyers. We need these um, private investigators. We need everybody who the parents and the families hire to be held accountable. And mm -hmm. then they need to be rated. Even if I get an Uber, Uber want me to rate them. If I call here, they want me to rate them. We need to rate these lawyers so that when people are going to trial, then they can say, hey, you know what? Don't use him because he's not in the network. We have already followed them. And we can tell you that these are the best lawyers for wrongful convictions because everybody don't care about everything. Some lawyers only care about certain things and they think everybody guilty who is in there. So they just kind of go that way. They ask you for all this money. We got high-end lawyers with a name who gather people and then subcontract it out to somebody else to do it while they just use their name to get clients. They mm -hmm. charge you 50000 70000 all of this kind of money for trials like this and then when you if you get convicted you got to pay another lawyer for the appeal then if the appeal gets overturned then you got to pay another set of lawyers to do the appeal if we go to trial this week most people can't handle this how many mm -hmm. families can really handle this for real right you mm -hmm. know that, that's a lot of pain a lot of years to keep on thinking about, I got to put this, I can't do this because of this, I can't do it. That's that we should not, that's what we don't want. 
We got to start there. If you put that together, every state had lawyers that worked very well with the exonerations. Everything else got, this is the right group to do that with. This 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 this, this private investigator, he's going to work for you. He's going to charge exactly what you should be charged. They know about how long it takes. I have dealt with Scott Lewis through the, this last part. First, we had a private investigator. They took my money. They didn't have nothing for me and everything. Then I got with Scott Lewis. Scott Lewis will send you money back if he said, no, it didn't take me long. I did only did this. So at first was I billed you for four hours. It only took me an hour and 20 minutes. And he going to send you your money back. That's what we need. You cannot use people who are at their lowest in their life and try to take everything else from them. Right. That's two crimes for real. You not only you be we we being wrongfully convicted too because we getting used mm -hmm. by so many lawyers. I didn't pay so many lawyers who did not. I mean, ones that got names. Okay, you get this person, you get that person. I well, once this all over, it. You think Hollywood calling people out? I'm gonna call them out. Mm -hmm. Don't just we gotta quit. Sometimes you gotta get somebody who need to make a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. instead of getting somebody with a name. Then you got to right. make these lawyers know that they really got to work. If you take a, a person who could go to jail for the rest of their life and there's stuff there that shows us it need to be a network. If somebody is in prison and trying to get out, we need to be able to have their money spent because you're already in prison. So whoever's spending some money for you to take the time, they it got to work. You can't do it three, four, five times before you get out 20 years later. You know, we need to have that work with the system is faster. Right. Where the money is going to be spent in a good way. And I don't, right. and I think that's going to be the only way that this is going to happen where we can start to saying, okay, we got um, paralegals who pull up information, who work and all of that got to be done as an organization as well. Put it together. 501c3 is money out here. They making money, putting them in prison. We got to make money keeping them out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can turn a bad situation into a good one, but you got to use your head. You got to think. It does not help to constantly go out, okay, he was wrongfully convicted. We going to go protest with them. Okay, he wrongfully busy. We going to go protest with them. That's that's just like a dead end. I mean, you, you're not going to constantly get nowhere by doing it on a case by case. Everybody got to come together, maybe put together vendor shows, like have places where people can come down once a month and meet with the lawyers and have them speaking out, meet with the private investigators, meet with the paralegals, where they can pick who best fit what they going through. And then we can put a stamp on them and say, they going to really work for you. We can't mm -hmm. tell you about nobody else over here. This is the group of people who we, as a whole, went through and made sure that they really going to work for you and not right. just get your money. And then once they do it, that just like if we get an accident, we going to get charged higher because you as a driver who is liable to catch a, hit somebody. So now you got to pay more. That's how it should be. And then once these lawyers who really getting people out start making money for real and they not, Everybody else to fall suit. Right. Yeah, because you know, when uh when you call these lawyers, even for me, when I first lawyer, I got some recommendations. The first one I called it had a name for himself. He told me thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, thirty thousand dollars? And then now fast forward to today, when I hear people who are being exonerated, 
a lot of them been in there 30, 20, 30, 40 years. They didn't have the money. No. They didn't have the money to fight. And they know you don't have the money. And that's why they do the things that they do because they know you don't have no money. They know you don't have 30,000 off rip to pay a, a lawyer, you know, and you need somebody right now, you know, and they're telling you, I need at least, you know, this much down before I can even get started, but it's going to cost you, like, when you get these numbers, you just pull them out the air, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what? They do. They recommend do. That? What, and what don't make them done? think you got some money. They'll go up on what they want to charge you. Don't right. look like you yeah. don't give them your address or something. They had to go to assume that you can pay more. Right. What is where's the evidence that makes you worth thirty thousand dollars? First of all, <laughs> and people are putting up their homes and losing their homes and everything. And like you said, paying all these lawyers. I remember when I first met um Ken's mother, and she was telling me about how much how many lawyers and how much money she spent, you know, helping him, you know, Ken Nixon to, you know, on his exoneration and, you know, trying to, you know, get somebody to fight his case. And so that is also a piece of it that we do need to have a conversation about, like, you know, that is being wrong for uh, charged twice, you know, and people don't understand that as you fighting this with your child, your loved ones, and then you fighting another system on the side of people mm-hmm. who are, you know, preying on your downfall, so to speak. And then I'm going to tell you, the more that you put those groups together like that and you get it to working and you got people that's holding people accountable, it makes them less easy for them to put people in these situations. Because not only that, if you put together stuff like that, then you can have somebody who watch officers. How many times is this officer doing stuff and being written up and he didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, too many times we don't pay attention to how many times the officers have done something until they turn around and kill somebody or something. Then you go and come to find out he should have been off the force. You know, we should be knowing. We should all know, especially in the city of Detroit. It's just too many, look at many wrongful convictions is coming out of it is being turned over. So now they need to really look at it and you got to hold them accountable. Looking at my son in court today, talk to the judge and not be afraid. And he know how to talk and he wasn't disrespectful, but he knows how to talk. And he is not afraid to be a lawyer because he know a lawyer should argue to us. It look crazy because we're not even used to talking to a judge. We can't speak. Mm-hmm. You mute to a judge, right? But to see him sit there and do this and, and not be afraid mm-hmm. to, nope, I got three more uh, things. The, the judge trying to hurry up, you know, shush him away. He won't be shushed. And that mm-hmm. was beautiful. That was yes, beautiful was. because so many of us would have said, well, I was going to say it, but he wouldn't let me. You did. He would. You had the floor. Keep it. Own it. And he owned it. My son yeah. owned that floor today and he did not he let him stop until he was done with what he had to say. Because mm-hmm. he, at this point, I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So I can speak. Lawyers get up there and they do it talking and he did it and he did what he needed to do. And that's what we need to be paying attention to judges that ain't doing right. We need to have a scale for them. 
so it could be mm. pointed out more. Accountability. The whole world is messing up because nobody is accountable for anything anymore. So if we're right. not saying nothing, we can say this judge right here has convicted more people that came back with from from wrongful convictions than anybody I know. This officer right here has been involved in more of them than he is. All of this protesting and walking around, and we ain't gonna get nowhere. You gotta put some order in it. If you put the order in there, and you really get us to paying attention. Most people know you really know for real. And Diane, you know a lot already, so you a threat to them because you know so much about the officers. It ain't been nobody. Diane can't call and say, you know, when it come to find out, this person right here is on time. You know, but we got, we did. We had one of the guys who was an investigator. He ended up used to be the head of homicide. Then the next thing we know, he goes to jail for perjury, um, um, something with houses, house fraud, all that right stuff there. he did. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. all the stuff he didn't did. But you think about how many cases that he laid on, and he was unethical through that. All of them mm -hmm. cases really should be overturned. That should have been because clearly you can't trust what he said. All right. these and years. You know, with the officers, with the police officers, it's actually a coalition of police officers and prosecutors that go after people. And uh, that's what, uh, when Kim Worthy uh, has announced uh, the exonerations that she's done, which actually speak to the number of people she's wrongfully convicted or that have been wrong, wrongfully convicted by her office, she'll, she'll, she'll uh, say, well, you know, it was the police officer. But a lot of times she'll cover up even the name of the police officer. And she will never admit that the prosecutors themselves have worked hand in glove with the police to convict people they know damn well were not uh were not guilty in uh, Darrell and, and Dorico's case it was Cam Towns who is known uh, uh Lillian Diallo had represented Darrell at one point in all these hearings and she said she's seen Lillian Diallo as a white woman send away all sorts of young black men that she has a thing against young black men because her whole thing is uh, going against gangs. You know how they talk about youth gangs and all these young black kids are out here on the street creating chaos and all that. That's a lie in terms of, you know, anytime a group of young men or women get together, if they're black, they're a gang as far as the system is concerned. And that was her, that's been her approach. And that's what her approach was in Durrell and Dorico's case. Because and you know what this else, Diane, not to cut you off, but that's you know okay. what else they do is that mm -hmm. it needs to be taught in school to kids about labeling yourself. It needs mm -hmm. to be a, a course that is put together and we need to make the Department of Education teach our kids this because of what has mm -hmm. happened. Teach them not to label themselves as any group because kids do it. Sometimes it be a dance group. They take the dance group once they're coming out and they we've been the shaky boys or we the this uh, whatever. Then whatever y'all, whenever they say that, anytime y'all put that together, anything one of them do makes mm -hmm. all of them accountable. And that's how they've been able to get so many men off the streets in groups because mm -hmm. they do that. If you if we stop labeling ourselves, you gotta do me for Darrell Richard, you and the third, uh, he and the second. You know what I'm saying? You only gonna be your own self. 
Be yourself. Because the, they put all these laws together. Laws was made up after slavery. I tell everybody that these, they made That's these right. laws up after they let us free, supposedly. Because mm -hmm. we never was free. So then it's ways to get you back in. You know, That's so they put them together. And, and mm -hmm. we know what, because whenever they talk about, and I said this to you in an article one time, Diane. Mm -hmm. Actually, what did I what did I learn through this? And I was saying that they it, it's the verbiage that they use. Whenever I see them talk about white men or other nationalities, they'll call them a group, and they call mm -hmm. our people a gang. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? The same the the whole White House rush. They will call them a group, a militia group, and mm -hmm. then they call us a gang. And it's so many more, just like white collar crime and regular crime. You know, you mm -hmm. can take down a whole corporation and have off sea shit and, and be that took so much money and do four years. But then we can go over here and steal something for $30 and end up doing 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. Or like George Jackson, his entire life he was killed during his incarceration. Uh, although he became famous as a member of the Black Panthers over there in California. And uh, he spent, he went to prison for a $70 robbery at a gas station. And they had a system of sentencing people to one to life, one year to life. And they <laughs> uh, put your, you know, bow down and do everything they wanted you to do to prove that you could get out, to prove that you were worthy of getting out. And uh, the, the number of the tremendous talent and uh, worth to the communities that has been lost by incarcerating. Uh, I mean, it's not only black, it's white, it's poor people on the whole. Uh, and many of them have tremendous skills and either have learned them in prison or had skills before, very talented. And it's a loss to the community not to have them home. And that uh, needs to be stopped. And in terms of criminals, you talk about criminals, what the heck is going on in Gaza right now with Israel bombing people, a whole country of people to death, men, women, and children with the funding by the United States and our president, Joe Biden. You know, that's you, that's not criminality. What is that? That's just, uh, that's fascism, that's Nazism. And yes, here we got people in prison for the things that they do as individuals, as poor people. No, it's this system that put people there. It's this yeah, system that watered every, the whole nation of Gaza that's doing that right now. Right. Go ahead, Trisha. Oh, my gosh. First of <laughs> all, salute to you, Miss Dotson. Um, I just, oh, I just felt your strength, you Man. know, just with every word that just came out of your mouth. I, I thank you. I salute you for your strength and everything that you have done for your son. It, it just it just mirrors of, of Jay and even all the things that Jay did for Gerard. I mean, when you think about our fearless, powerless mothers. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing like it. Line, Ain't nothing like it. I mean, it, it is just it is just a beauty to watch and an inspiration to us all. Um, and you said so much. Oh my gosh, but I guess the one thing that you said. That was so powerful is the, the the fact of coming together coming together what does that really look like if we all came together, together. 
and the internet is the biggest way to draw it. It is. We can get people from other states to come in just off of this internet. Get it out there. Get it started. Use this. The power of the internet. You talk about the Oprah effect. We can change this. That's we right. can do this, but you got to get some organization and you got to do something yeah. that ain't never been done before. Yeah. Once you do something that ain't never been done before, yes, we on there. Yeah. And we can get our money back that we just spent out here getting our kids out. So, you it's, know, we uh, just a lot of money and it's money into organizations. Every state yeah. needs this. Yeah, they need this. People okay. need to be held accountable. Yeah. You know, yeah. we had Mr. Time Time in Detroit, the big old thing. Everybody's talking about him because places are being held accountable for not doing what they supposed to do with the food that yeah. he going in and he's doing a uh, and he's very fair with it. So I like him. Right. I like the way he go in and he do it. And I've said he bought some whole change like we need that in a whole lot of other businesses. Go in and see. We need to quit spending our money where we don't, they don't treat us right. Yeah, we need to hit, start hitting a whole lot of places. So Mr. Tam Tam, he, he touched on a whole lot of stuff that kind of like what we need. We need to police the police. We That's need to police right the prosecutors. That's we got to do all of that. All of that is a 501c3 to get all of this started. Once we do it and we started here in Michigan, grow it, every state going to mimic it, and we going to leave something that none of this was done in vain. That's what's yeah. going to happen. Well, that's part of our mission. That's what I'm saying. You said so much. We created an app, a reporting app for the people. That's so good. Where they could that's report judges, prosecutors, because, see, nobody could get their files. Yeah. So we create our own files of people and lo and behold. There you go. There you go. What happened? But somebody tried to come and block it. So now we in a fight with Apple to even get the app up. But what they don't know is that's okay because we getting ready to get with the ACLU and some other groups because that app will be up. And if they don't put it up on Apple, then we're going to put it on Survivor Speak website. Yeah, yeah. We are going to have our own reporting tool because what we need to be able to show are the occurrences. See, they yeah. know them. But it yeah. doesn't matter what they know. As long as they know and we don't know, that's the problem. So yeah. we need to be able to point out the patterns. Like that officer, he got 85 infractions. Exactly. Why would it take 85? None of us could get 85 anything before we were in jail. That part. So why is he still out here doing stuff? If that is done and put together right, there we go. Lose, use that internet. Run with the voice. Yep, they ain't gonna like it, but it has to be done. Yeah. And it, and and if y'all doing it right, you wouldn't worry about whether we kept track or not. Mm -hmm. If you was doing what you supposed to do, that's what's happening. Do what you supposed to do. We ain't after nothing else but you doing what you supposed to do. If right. we have paralegals that can stand in these courtrooms and work along with the actual defendant so that they can know what should be being filed and you know they they need more like we didn't have a pair we didn't have slim then to say nope you mm -hmm. gotta put that on the record nope if you don't put that in your lawyer ain't doing this right if your lawyer don't argue this you can't never even come back on it it's so much stuff that i didn't learn through this time like wow this stuff need to be 
talk because we can't even trust a lawyer that you gave 50 grand to. I can't even trust you because you didn't got my money and you want to call me only on the day you picking up some money. When I call you, you want to rush me off the phone and you got $50,000 of my money. That kind of mm -hmm. stuff right there shouldn't even be done. First of all, it's it's already a bad situation. And then they, the family's got to drain them of everything they have. And then you still got your people in jail. They don't want to release them. Only way we're going to move this faster and stop all this from happening is to really come together, put something here in Michigan, let it be the first hub. I was telling a lady that we should do, we should do, like Fort Field or Cobo Hall, get a lot of vendors, paralegals, pull them all in there, interview them, interview them, see who doing what. Start them in there, let them know that this is going to be a network thing. And if you're not in network, we don't refer you to nobody. Prison, one thing about prison, they all talk to each other. They going to tell who to go to. Nope, you got to get in a network. So when the other lawyers ain't getting no money, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. They gonna either fall suit or the other one's gonna make all the money because they're doing what they need to do. When we got investigators who doing what they supposed to do, don't take my money and then tell me I couldn't contact them. I tried. I spent all these days doing this. I had travel time. I had this. I had that. You ain't even got nothing for me. And then you get this uh man, Mr. Scott Lewis, who really go out here and work for everybody but I've seen he worked for. He literally will give you money back if you he don't use it all. I mean, them the kind of people we want to get more people to. We want him to train more people under his organization so they can help him so he can be able to cover all of the people that we going to need him to cover. You mm -hmm. know, that's, what, that's yeah. what the world is about now. Everybody train him up. Did he need mm -hmm. to get people in there who's going to do what he do, follow them and make sure he could be have him a corporation of investigators, you know, this kind of stuff right. we need because it's too many cases. People want right. to feel daily. Every time I wake up, there's somebody else on that news in the morning that look like me, could be my son or my brother or somebody, you know, who is going through a case. Right. Hello, you know, Diane, you know, I, think, I think that we need to, to know, uh, and Diane, I want you to talk about this, the fact that we didn't have to go, you know, you you should not have to go back through a whole nother trial again. That's right. But Kim Worthy could have made a difference. Uh -huh. She It didn't have to go this way, right. even after she messed up. She will, there, she there will prosecute people. She will prosecute people literally to death. There's one case that I covered that was just shocking where she actually did prosecute a mother for protecting her 13-year-old daughter from being uh, uh, medicated with dangerous drugs back in 2011. Mm -hmm. People remember Marianne got bold of it all. From that yeah. time, she held off the police and helicopters and tanks that came to her house with a, a false of falsified court order to take her child because she was taking her child off a dangerous medication. And uh, they, uh, she ended up getting charged with all sorts of, she went through all sorts of stuff because of that. Kim Worley charged her with a bunch of felonies. However, when it got to 
the 36th District Court and then to the Third Circuit, to the Third Circuit in Frank Murphy, two judges there dismissed the charges against her because they were the fr fruit of a, the poisonous tree. A uh, probation officer had stamped a judge's name on the order to remove her daughter. And they dismissed the charges twice. Kim Worthy kept prosecuting and prosecuting and prosecuting. And, uh, but they dismissed the charges twice. And finally, Kim Worthy, and she, she does this with everyone, uh, will prosecute it to the end. She got a ruling from the Supreme Court finally that um, sent, uh, get that said that she needed to go to another trial on the eve of that trial uh marianne gabaldo had a uh, brain aneurysm and which oh. killed her six months later she kim worthy killed that woman with the stress that she put her up under trying to protect her 13 year old daughter from this from big pharma from this whole medical system that doesn't care about the children uh that doesn't care about poor folks and uh, she was known all over the world. She had people supporting her from all over the world, as far as Australia. And Kim Worthy just kept prosecuting and prosecuting and prosecuting. That's what she's doing to Durrell right now. That's what she's done to numerous people that I've covered for the Voice of Detroit. She does not believe in giving up. And even after uh, Sean Searcy, Thelonious Searcy was uh, exonerated, and uh, he fought to get exonerated. Uh, he's uh, also the brother of uh, Dorico Searcy, who's Darrell's co-defendant. And uh, he was he's on the National Registry of Exonerations. Kim Worthy appealed that. And now he's facing a whole nother matter in the, in the state courts again. And there's no excuse for this. She's wasting taxpayer dollars. They're paying all sorts of prosecutors all this money to keep people locked up when they know they didn't do the crime. In this case, uh, the, the man that did it confessed to it at length in an evidentiary hearing. It had nothing to do with Sean. Thelonious, seriously, was his nickname. And uh, but and they don't they don't want to let it alone. They don't want to let him just go on with his life. They took him from a family of uh, his wife and his two young daughters, toddler daughters, and uh, for 17 years, and before he was finally able to get his conviction overturned. And uh, because the judge uh, finally, Judge Thomas Hathaway uh, decided ruled that. He wasn't going to retry him. He said he's going to dismiss the charges because the actions of the prosecutors were so egregious that they just kept just uh, hiding all sorts of evidence and things like that. And he couldn't see how a new, another trial was going to get him any good, was going to do any good because they would just do the same thing over and over. And that's what they're doing to Darrell and Dorico right now trying to do the same thing over to, the, over to them again that they did before, knowing. The federal government came in right at the beginning of their case because they knew they knew the other guy that was the killer in this in the case the the one that they've been serving time for the uh, murder of they knew that they knew that person because he was connected with uh, people in a federal case they even had one of their people come in to testify that yeah. uh, Christopher Richardson that uh, it was this other man, Tyree Washington, that had done it. And Scott Lewis interviewed Tyree Washington on, uh, the, on a video, which has been published all over the place uh, in detail. Tyree Washington got uh -huh. interviewed 
uh, by a state, on, on his own volition, he was interviewed by a state, uh, Michigan State Police. He was Mirandized. It was an official confession. They told him what could happen if he, if he, uh, you know, admitted to the killing. And he still went ahead and did it. They tried to hide that. Yeah, they've been trying to, and they continue to try to hide everything they can. That's what Darrell was talking about in court today. All of the things that they still are refusing to disclose, and uh, so they are just uh, there's. Th this is an evil, evil system that we live in. Yes, and but we know, have even when we going through this, Diane. I noticed that they go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What we. No, I was just going to say, I noticed that they, even when we're going through this, it's kind of like they're showing us that white power in the middle. Mm, yeah. It's like what the judge do sometimes. It just, you, you're not even doing nothing that the court is supposed to do. He's going completely outside of what he should be doing. He went on like he knew how to do a motion hearing. The first time he did the motion hearing, the first day, the real file, like 28 motions. But if you're doing your own work and it's your own case, you're going to bring out everything that's wrong with it. You're going to mm -hmm. find everything. When you pay these lawyers 30000 they pick two things to argue on. And mm -hmm. they only might file two motions and hopefully you come back off of one of these. That's all they work on, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. the judge was kind of upset that he filed so many motions. And then when he argued the motions the first day we went to trial, I mean to motion hearing, he um he knew exactly how to do it. He he called off the motion, he let the real argue, they argued, and then he ruled, right? So he did that the whole time. It went well. After the court proceeding, everybody was so impressed with the real because he did so well to even like the depths and everything, they was all all in on it. So the next and they time we come back to finish the motion hearing, the judge say, this is how we're going to do this today. I'm going to call the motions, and I'm going to go ahead and rule. So what mm -hmm. good is us coming to court? And you got us coming down here. If you're going to go ahead and rule without the argument. Mm -hmm. So right there, you showed us white power. Because you yeah. already know, and we know you know how it go, because we just did this last week in trial. I mean, in court. Right. So then we come back and you just like dismiss everything. Like that shouldn't even be allowed in any kind of way. Like this is a motion hearing, which means arguing between the prosecution and the defendant. So why can't we argue? How do you rule before the argument? So you didn't even give me a chance to show you that, no, I really was here. This is such, such. And Darrell was so well. He was so organized to everything mm -hmm. they said in the first uh, the first proceeding when he did the motion hearing. Mm -hmm. Darrell could go directly to it. He had three big boxes of paperwork and got yeah, it so organized that he can go directly to it call it off and do exact and show them exactly what he's talking about. So they were so mad that a young black boy That's from right. the east side of Detroit, who you claim is a gang member, can go in prison, learn this stuff, get organized, through a life sentence that you give him for something he didn't do. Mm -hmm. He keep his head up. He learn his stuff. He finished school. He do everything. Mm -hmm. get, get his paralegal license. He represent himself. He come in here. He know how to speak to you. He know the law. And you get offended by it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because it, that's what he did. You got offended. You you acting intimidated. You're not doing your so you gonna just shut him down. Now right there, and the news was in there. So you mm-hmm. on TV. This remind me of the foot on the neck thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know you that's gonna what, do it mm-hmm. even though the girl was recording him. He went on ahead and ended his life right there being recorded. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're so evil that they don't even understand what they're doing. They don't care if it's being recorded because that ain't mm-hmm. nothing but a whole example of white power that he was showing to us because you right. know that you're supposed to let them argue it. Let give him a chance to say, no, right here is where this is, well, uh, exhibit or Wayne versus such or whatever they're supposed to do in there. And Darrell know how to do it, but he wouldn't allow him to do it the second time. And then you say you're not biased and you don't want to be taken off the case. Come on now. He needs it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Hi, I want to get Attorney Mac in here. Hi, Attorney Mac. <laughs> Hello, Jay Love and crew. How are you? Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Good to be with you. you. A little bit late, but nevertheless here. All right. Do you want to introduce yourself, Attorney Mac, while you got the mic? Well, not in the usual way, because. Okay. I know I know we have a we have a fan base that's looking forward to that, but the conversation is so entrenched and the flow of it is going so so well. Um, I would just give uh, an abbreviated version, if, if 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 that's okay with you. That's okay. Okay. So all fans never never despair. You know, next week you know we'll we'll be back to normal. But uh, such a deep conversation right now. Um, I, I I don't want to do anything to, to distract from it. Hugo J. Mack, my name, uh, attorney at law, probably the only one in 47,000 lawyers in the state of Michigan who is not parachuting down from heaven to be with you this evening, but come up from hell through the grace of God and Jesus Christ to be with you. Um, I understand the plight of the incarcerated, having done a sentence myself for a crime I did not commit, but brought back to the practice of law through the grace of God and Jesus Christ, for a time such as this. So with the topics that we're talking about today and the topics that we continue to talk about are contacts and topics we need to keep talking about. But I will say this in a moment of, of, of self-servingness. Push, pull, toe that hoopity to Mac Street. Mac Street. Park in my virtual underground garage. And my virtual underground garage says, Free parking, not valet parking. Don't you dare leave your car where my neighborhood is with the keys in it. You understand? So this is what you do. So when you come to Mac Street, this is what you have to do. Call the Freedom Line, 734-239-3118. The Freedom Line, 734-239-3118. The Freedom Line, 734-239-3118. Because, J-Love, as you and all Mr. and Mrs. America, all ships at sea, understand one thing. HMACLaw.com is your hookup. HMACLaw.com is your hookup. HMACLaw.com is your hookup. And, J-Love, I'm going to abbreviate it this time. And I'm speaking to you and all the other haters that are calling you, writing you, putting note on your car, telling you to kick me off the show. I'm going to tell you like my brother Bernie Mac would tell him. I ain't scared of none of y'all. So let me understand this one thing. I want you to understand this right here. You know, J-Love, people ask, what would I ever do if you kicked me off the show? You know you know what i do, J-Love? You know what I would do? I'm asking you a question, J-Love. 
<laughs> no, what are you gonna do, Attorney Matt? First thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go outside in the rain, J Love. In the mm -hmm. rain. Now you may say, Well, Attorney Mac, why are you gonna go outside in the rain? I'm gonna tell you why. Cause raindrops are high, my teardrops. And no one would ever know, J Love, that I'm crying, crying. Deep down, I'm dying. J Love, I'm a man, I got my pride. And to the world outside my tears, I refuse to explain. I just wish it would rain, J Love. I just wish it would mm -hmm. rain. <laughs> I want y'all to understand this one very, very thing. I'm here with y'all. And J-Love, I'm going to say this. Rather yes. than have you kick me off the show like they want you to do, I'm like my brother Morris Day. Ain't nothing worse than rejection. I'd feel a little better, J-Love, if you just slapped my face. So, so J-Love, this is what I want you to understand right now. I'm okay. here. And I know people ask you, J-Love, that lawyer talk like he crazy. Does that man really mean them things he's saying? I got a newsflash. You're damn right I do. You're damn right I do. And do I endorse this advertisement announcement? You're damn right I do. Brought to you by Dr. Hugo J. Mack Esquire, the one true king of Russia, Scotland, and Harlem. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, <Tony. laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, so, Diane, um, Mr. Abdul had a question for you, and I want to go back to it. Okay. Um, regarding uh, what happened today, uh, he asked, "Was there is there a video?" And um, we don't have it to show if there is, but is there a video for today? Yeah, I did. I, I've been videoing all the proceedings. Uh, it I've gotten to be a professional video taker. <laughs> I got a tripod and everything to put my phone camera up on. And all the proceedings are on my YouTube channel. You just, um, well, you put, you go to the YouTube channel for Diane Bukowski. It's up there now. The most, most of the hearing today is up there. And I've been publishing uh, most of the hearings in the previous stories that I've done on, on, on Darrell's and Rico's hearings. In fact, I've, I've been publishing all sorts of uh, stories, probably at least uh, 20 stories or so are up on Voice of Detroit from all the years that uh, Darrell and Dorico and Sonia and the family and everybody has been fighting for justice in this case. So, yeah, you go to YouTube, to my YouTube channel, Diane Bukowski, and, and you'll be able to pull up the proceedings today to see exactly what went down. Now, one yeah. of the things that happened in the proceedings was Darrell... Uh, really targeted the judge when he said that uh, it seems to him that the only thing that's not the people versus Darrell Ewing it's K Judge Kiefer Cox versus Darrell Ewing and uh, because the judge has been so biased in all the you know he doesn't even require the prosecutor to respond to a lot of his motions which are grounded motions legally done good motions he doesn't require the prosecutor to respond. The prosecutor is getting paid all this money to fight the case, and uh, he's he's not giving responses. When he does give responses, the judge uh, uses the prosecutor's arguments, and uh, you know, falsely. There was one case where um, Darrell had asked for the uh, background. Uh, the backgrounds of two officers, Theophilus Williams, who was the officer in charge of the case, and another officer involved in the case to be revealed to, for the back records, the records that the police department in the city of Detroit have about previous instances of, uh, of illegal things that they've done. And uh, 
He said the prosecutor cited a case involving a civil case. It had nothing, you know, that uh, they could bar things about the police officers passed under the civil law, but he did not cite it under the criminal law. And that's what Darrell pointed out. And that's also what Blaze Kearney, the other attorney representing Dorico Searcy, pointed out. He joined that motion as he did a bunch of other motions too. A motion to, um, including Darrell's motion to dismiss the case because of all the uh, uh, violations of Brady, all the things that have still not been disclosed. He's joined those motions. And he, uh, when, the judge has basically been trying to, from what I can see, has basically been trying to build up things so that when it gets to trial, he'll be able to uh, try to pit Durrell against Rico and, and try to go after Durrell to say, to shut him down, basically. Now, Durrell's acting as an attorney. He needs to have the respect that an attorney has. Durrell is very well-spoken in court. He... Uh, you know, he doesn't cuss, he doesn't use swear words, he talks uh, uh, like an educated, sane person, but he talks powerfully and emotionally. He's fighting for his life, and that's what this yeah. judge can't understand. This judge could not understand that, somebody fighting for their life. They took his life from him when they falsely convicted, and they're trying to do it again. And he is fighting, and he's not going to be defeated. As far as uh, if, if he has anything to say about it, if his family has anything to say about it, if the boys of Detroit or the people of Detroit have anything to say about it, he's not going to lose. So yeah. the, the fight continues. Yes, so, it does. Uh, Mr. Uh, Hakeem wants to know, did the judge issue a written opinion today? No. Uh, he, he issues opinions uh, from the bench verbally. He doesn't uh, issue uh, written opinions. And uh, so that's one reason I've been videotaping everything so we can see exactly what he's saying rather than waiting for transcripts. Uh, Durrell's still trying to get transcripts from the proceedings there that he wasn't present for on his co-defendant. And uh, there, there should, the fact that he's trying holding these hearings uh, with the two of them Separately. separated, they don't know what's going on with the other one. They don't have access to everything. He, the judge, in with Blaze Kearney's rulings on in the Dorico Searcy hearing, the judge tried to call them untimely when Blaze, because he was mad because Blaze Kearney, uh, Blaze Kearney, uh, entered in the the motions with uh, Durrell after he had a chance to read them. The judge called his filings untimely. He had just seen. He had just. He, he had never been served with the motions because he wasn't at the hearing. And exactly. as soon as he got them, he filed. And the judge right now is still trying to say they're untimely. He's trying to say others of uh, Darrell's motions are untimely. Blaze Kearney told him, look, you're violating my client's constitutional rights when you're calling these motions untimely because they affect him as well. And exactly. uh, so it's going to be a battle. So, Miss Diane... The other, uh, we also watching the um, the other case in real time of the young man um, that actually I posted and Facebook blocked the post about the other young man who's um, who's being um, 
tried down there as well for the uh, murder of the woman who was over the synagogue in Detroit. Um, that case. Yeah. Michael Jackson Bolanos is a young man, and he's charged with murdering Samantha Wolf. And uh, I published, I, I watched, but I haven't been able to get to the court because I've been busy with other things. But I watched the video uh, version of the last part of the preliminary examination, and I copied it and uh, put it up on my website, and uh, with basically just a summary what the defense attorney was saying because the defense attorney is saying they have no evidence that he was even in that house they have no physical evidence showing that he had a, they have no knife they claim she was stabbed seven or eight times they they claim he was within the vicinity of the house for about three minutes not in the house not in her apartment but she was the her death her horrible death was prolonged because she was stabbed she struggled she fought back it's clear from the evidence in the case they had a bunch of videos that they showed uh you know how they show on the the crime shows now how they, everybody every street has a green light camera on it and you can tell they followed what they said was this young man's uh uh, proceedings from his house on Alexandria near Woodward, all the way down to this this apartment complex, and all the way to actually to Jefferson and Shane. They showed all that as if that was enough to say that uh, you know that was enough to to bind him over for trial. And uh, there wasn't, you know, it was the defense attorney's arguments. They were mentioned in the article, in the coverage, but I wanted people to see it for themselves. And I, I did a summary of the defense attorney's arguments in the story. So come to find out when, uh, because we, I don't believe that young man is guilty. And a lot of people don't believe that's the case. He seems to have been just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot more to that case. There was another man that was charged, that was almost charged, and out in Kalamazoo, a white man, I believe, that was an acquaintance of hers, which it sounds like it was a personal murder. You don't stab somebody eight times all over their body and not have personal uh, interest, have a personal uh, relationship with the individual that you stab like that. He he has never. Michael Jackson Bolanos has never had any crimes of, of uh, uh, violence against him before. The only thing he had was car theft, and uh, that's what he was. They claim he was doing walking all over downtown and stuff looking for cars. But even that you can't see from the videos is pretty clear. And that Judge Kenneth King, he just bound him over. And uh, despite the objections of the defense attorney, he's the same judge that would not uh, bind over the police officer that knocked that guy to the ground. The 70 year old guy knocked him to the ground and the guy ended up dying. And Judge King would not bind him over. But he bound over a young black man, a young poor black man named Michael Jackson Bolanos for killing Samantha Wool. Because, you know, the police have to get somebody for that crime because right. of all the, you know, the uh, influence in the community of her family. And uh, the, but uh, anyway, so what happened was Facebook uh, ended up deleting it, deleting that story that I posted. 
And mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been in battles with Facebook before because uh, they stopped posting my stuff. I have, I have to maneuver to get it on, on the Facebook post. But in this case, uh, what I did was I figured out that what they were doing was they were blocking the actual link to the story. And see, that was the last story I'd posted. So all you had to do was really just go to voiceofdetroit.net and you'd see the story. So I put it back up with just voiceofdetroit.net, not a link to the actual story. And that worked. Right. I know how to get around them. But just the fact that they did that, part of it was the fact that I raised in the story the issue of um, the the what's going on in Palestine right now and between Palestine and Israel, that there's a lot of um, anger, a lot of, um, well, they're demolishing a whole people in Gaza. They're demolishing, you know, a lot of anti-Palestinian sentiment in this country. And, uh, you know, they obviously uh, did not want to see the head of a synagogue, which it's horrible what happened to Samantha Wool. I, I I totally uh, support her family in terms of their grief, but they also need to look at the case because the family was interviewed saying that, uh, well, they're glad that the police got the person that did it. The man hasn't even been tried yet. You know, right. they finally got through the preliminary exam and that wasn't solid. So they're, it's like they're trying to whip up a whole thing in the, in the midst of this Palestine-Israel stuff. And uh, so that, I mentioned that in the story, and I suspect that's what caused Facebook to take it down. It got back up. Right. So you did. So and, and with the audio conversation that we've been having tonight, it goes back to accountability. See, mm -hmm. All these things um, that's happening in this system, and they're getting away with it because there's nobody to hold anybody accountable. You know, yes. we've been mm -hmm. talking about qualified immunity forever, you know, and we thought that we might have, you know, put a foot in the door with um, with the George Floyd Act, but they watered that down and we didn't get it. But we're going to have to work on it. We're going to have to come together and we're going to have to push it if we have to do it state by state because it is necessary. The things that's going on in these courts and on these streets is insane. And yep. people mm -hmm. are getting shot dead in the streets or they're getting uh, cases just put on them because you was walking down the street at night. You can't walk down the street, but because you're walking down the street, now you are um, arrested and trial, you know, being charged as a murderer. And these, and, 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 the things that they're coming up with, they're getting away with, that's because nobody is holding them accountable. We're not even mm -hmm. holding them accountable. You know, we have to come together because there needs to be a system that holds these courts accountable, that holds these police officers accountable, these prosecutors accountable. I know when I was down there with my own son, the a lawyer said to me, these judges know every police officer that lied. They know the ones that come in here and lie. And it was amazing that he said that to me and nobody, and I said, nobody does nothing about it. And they no. still can come in there and lie. <laughs> and they could come in there and continue to lie. And then the, when there's judges that do do something about it, 
then Kim Wordy office start throwing that weight around in that in that courtroom or doing those prosecutors mm-hmm. start doing stuff as, against those judges. You know mm-hmm. that you have these police officers out here lying, but you still want them to come in and push these cases. And then when these people come back 30 years, like we have uh, Andre Nelson case and all these mm-hmm. other ones that's 30 years later, that they know that they lied on these people. You know, they're, they don't want to give them a second look. They don't want to, you know. And you know what else no. that will help us with? I don't mean to uh, cut. Go ahead, go thing, ahead, Tanya. What else that help us with is uh, when it comes up time for election that they keep voting uh, Kim Worthy back in office. If we learn to get out there and push more about why not to put her in there, because see, a lot of people who ain't been through nothing just didn't heard her name and think she's doing great for the city and locking people up. People don't know. And if mm-hmm. they don't know, they'll vote her back in. That's what keeps happening. Right. So until we make that something that people can get out there and get them to know it, you know, it's almost because this internet again is so powerful to you can let people know. And you're mm-hmm. not doing anything wrong by letting people know, no, this person right here, look how many people. If you put facts and numbers up there, people should be able to see. Don't let you be numbered uh, 691 that she wrongfully convict. Right. You know? And, and, and that's why we, right. And that's why we come here. Because we're using this platform as a tool and a vehicle to get stuff out to people. You mm-hmm. know? And... um. And we're putting it on many platforms. So when you come to Facebook and take it down, then it's on YouTube. If it's on Twitter, it's on Instagram. It, we, you know, because you you can't be all at the same place at the same time. And we have to use these tools that we have because there are so many of these cases and so many mothers that I have met. And even at the summit that Trisha puts on every year, where you bring these families together. They're all talking about the same people. And guess what? Some of these same family members will go back and vote for these. Some of these same people. Um, Miss mm-hmm. Diane, you talked about the cops. Sometimes people just vote because they see a familiar name. Mm-hmm. They don't even know who they vote for. But that they know that, oh, Mike, Mike Cots. That's the first person you might think of, Mike Cots. And then you see that, okay, well, I'm going to keep voting for that. Kim Worthy, I'm going to keep voting for her. And these people are, are terrorizing our communities. Yes, they are. They're, they're not doing what's just, and they're not doing what's fair. And we have to do our due diligence. That part. As community, as family members, as concerned citizens, to not keep falling for the same crap not when they only come up when it's election time you don't hear nothing from kill wordy but let us be time to um election time and she got somebody running against her that might be challenging now she's doing town halls there ain't been a town hall since she ran for office because i was going to one but you know that's where we come in at and you start calling them to town hall meetings you get the community to call them out and ask questions for real. We don't do that anymore. We don't do block clubs. We don't do nobody accountable. We don't do churches being accountable. We let the preacher ride around in a Bentley 
truck and the car and his wife. And we won't ask them, where's our tithing money going? We won't ask them, where did the funds go? A lot of churches don't even ask. So until as a whole, we start just really knowing what we put. Our money is too hard to come by for me to mm -hmm. give 10% to the church and they not opening up community centers and they not backing this and they not backing that. I'm not giving it. I'll give my money where my heart feel like giving it to. Well, I know that it really went to somebody who I felt in my heart needed it. Your son, it your son, you tithe to your son <laughs> every week, every day you tithe to your son. You, listen to this, y'all. I, I know we got to go. It's getting late. But I'm going to tell y'all something. We are not powerless. Like, hold on. Drum roll. We are not powerless. The thing is, yeah. is that we've got to take back our power in many different ways. Yeah. But I'm telling mm -hmm. you right now, get your tail on somebody's jury. See, that's one big reason why there is not a lot of justice in these courtrooms because everybody wants to skip out on jury duty. I know I've, exactly. I've done it before myself until I realize the power in that. Get to a court and court watch. It will blow your mind. I'm telling you, that Grady L trial last week, I told y'all, the judge was helping the prosecutor. I, I was I was sitting there so baffled that I'm saying, you the second man in the prosecutor's seat? Like, what is going on here? But if we don't watch this stuff, if we don't pay attention, then they're going to get over with it over and over That's and over. It. The judges have to come through us. Mm -hmm. right? They have to come through us to get these seats. Another thing, we've got to mobilize the community around voting. We have to raise our voice, but we have to have them afraid of our vote. Yeah, yeah. And if we're not voting, they have nothing to be, don't you know, and I've learned this down here in Washtenaw County, one of the legislators told me, she said, we know people don't even send mailings to areas where people don't vote. And I thought to myself as a legislator, how dumb is that, them untapped votes. Yeah, them people that if you engage them, so that's what Survivor Speak is doing. We're engaging the community around voting. We're going to be doing it next week on February the 20th. We're not playing. We're going to go and we're going to knock these doors and we're going to let people know it's not enough to just vote, though. See, we think we did our civic duty and we be feeling good, get our little sticker and stuff. You know, we voted. But if that's all you're doing, newsflash, you're part of the problem. And it's okay, because I was too until I found out. But you got mm -hmm. to watch everything they do. Go to those city council meetings. Go. To, you want to know how the police have all the money to do what they do? It's because your commissioners are giving them money to be able to do all of this stuff that they're actually doing, because the commissioners hold the purse string for the entire county. How many of us have been to a commissioner's meeting? Right. Mm -hmm. so we've got to get to these tables where they continue to make decisions for us without us. And we got to do it together. Again, this is why Survivor Speak. We are committed to meeting every month. That wrongful conviction support group. Why? Because we got to learn how to process these emotions. We got to come together and uplift each other and lift each other up. But then we follow up with the task force meeting for just that. We've got to start holding folks accountable. If we, we don't hold folks accountable, it's not enough to just let people out on wrongful convictions. You've got to stop it on the front end, right? You've yeah. got to stop why they're actually going in as well as letting people out. 
All of this stuff is stuff that we got control over. We got to put our hand to the plow. We got to tell everybody we know there are wrongful convictions going on and it does not just affect the person that's in there. We got a mother right here right now, a mo two mothers right here right now. It affects the entire family nucleus. When it affects the entire family nucleus, it affects the entire community. This is mm -hmm. not an individual problem. Exactly. Each and every one of us. Well, who said it? Asada Shakur. We ain't free until we are free. Get mm -hmm. to the table. Your it's hand is table. needed. We need all hands on deck for this fight. It ain't no joke. And it's one last right. thing you said. You said that it's not enough. It's not nobody's holding people accountable. There are some people that's holding people accountable, but it ain't enough. Mm -hmm. And then we out here looking like outliers, and they be like, "Oh, that's just Jay. Ah, oh, that's just Trisha." Nah. But what would we sound like with one band, one sound, one united voice, letting them know we ain't playing no games with them? We'll be a force to be reckoned with, and that's mm -hmm. the kind of movement I want to be a part of. Yeah, and you know, you know, I have one more thing before you ladies uh close it out. Um, a lot of times I got friends and everything who a call and they get on Facebook and they call everybody and they say, Hey, I feel like doing a coat rally for the kids. And uh Sonya, how many coats can you donate? They're since sizes. I didn't been involved in all kind of stuff. But one thing we gotta learn is to really set up our foundations and get these corporations behind us and stuff get our 501c3s and get the money where you can really have the strength because money is power and power mm -hmm. can give you when you're not so broke because if i'm hungry and can't feed my house i can't really go out and march i can't really go over here and do this because i ain't got no gas money stuff like that people gotta really we gotta really do our foundations where we really make everybody get behind it and, and companies that we spend our money with and all of that you got to call them up because my son's ex-girlfriend has one of the biggest foundations out right now the girl he was with when he went to prison she has a foundation called the pure hop foundation it's for kids with incarcerated parents she has the lions she has the pistons she has uh capital one cricket wireless that gave her a hundred thousand mary grove that gave her a whole part of their building uh wayne state is using her book as a thesis she's going into the prisons and talking to all of the connecting the parents with the kids and keeping them connected this girl is doing so much and i remember when she quit her job at chrysler we talking about it she's like i got to get my board members together and i got to do this and I, I want to do it. I don't want to work, work at Christ anymore. And right now, she uh, the Lions called her on the field, gave her a check for $10,000. It's on her page. You can go to her Her name is Sherelle Hogan. She uh, has constantly, constantly showed us that anything could be done, but you do need the cash because you still got to live. You got to do stuff. Yeah. So you have to do it in the proper way so you can continue to do it. It's hard to fight a fight without ammunition. It's hard to run a car without gas, all of that. Mm -hmm. So you really have to pull this thing and and blow it up and get people involved and in, and in, in everything. Like bring in these rappers. We got Meek Mills that then went through all this kind of stuff who you bring on board to speak and all that. Same thing they do with their commercials and branding Snoop Dogg on three liquors. We need these people 
involved in this foundation so that when we come on board and we're talking about stuff like this, it's so powerful for everybody that we can have millions of people following us because we're really connecting everybody with it. We got yeah. Country Wayne, who I just watched his video, who he talked about, he just started doing little skits. You got to change with the times, right? So mm -hmm. whatever gets the people to, to look at what we're saying. So we need to get us a photographer and do skits on wrongful convictions to make people look at us. That's how you get millions of followers. We got to work the internet. Mm -hmm. Work it. Like, cause we could sit here and then a lot of people don't follow none because everybody is doing a podcast. So it'd be like this amount of people, that amount of people. We need the right. masses so we can mm -hmm. really bring this in. And the whole world now is based off a of hike. Cat Williams get on there and say something about it, about it. He sell out how many millions of people was on his had uh, watched his video of him talking. That's what mm -hmm. we need. We need that. We need to get the attention of the people. And and that could be anything from, like I said, you can do, I be watching little skits that people putting together. Stuff not real. They like, oh, yeah. And then showing how fast you could be wrongfully convicted, right? We can mm -hmm. use our same stories and kind of put it together and, and do skits and, and, and get people to watching it. Then the watching it takes it to the organizations. Then the organizations gets the people involved. Money is power. Yes. Money going to bring people. They like yes. that organization is doing big things. When that organization is opening up community centers to stop these kids from going to prison and all of that, then it's going to be a change. Like, okay, mm -hmm. people paying attention. You know who own that? They didn't open back up the uh, rec center over here. They got the kids playing. They got all this. We got to do that to show that we really make a change. We if, if we did something different, we need something to catch the attention of the people. Yes, I agree. And I can I can see wrongful conviction skits coming out where you start getting people to be in it that make somebody watch it. You know what I'm saying? Not only my son is in about so many rap songs because they rap about how he didn't do it. You get one of them to come and do a skit with it. And then mm -hmm. you get the people to pay attention to it. That's what they use. That's why Snoop Dogg is on three liquors and said he don't even drink none of it. Mm, he mm, just mm. did an interview with Tiffany Haddish and said, she said, how did you get three liquors, three different ones at one time? Show me how. He said, well, you tell them what you want. And you put it together. He said, and then once I did that, uh, um, he said, and, and come to, I, I can sit here and tell y'all that I don't even drink none of it. But he, they using his face to sell. It, this is what right. the internet does. We got to learn how to work the internet. It's a new time and a new day. That, yeah. that if we get to this internet the way we need to, put something together that get people to watch it. Every day I look at people who get millions of followers because they get on there and makeup videos. People start watching you. You know, skits, funny skits. I see people who just get on there and dance. Before you know it, they got a million followers. You know, right. so it you got to create something to make them look at us. Once they look right. at us, then we can show them. Like, and at the end, you can say, hey, this skit right here was made up by, what's the name of your organization? Turning a moment into a movement. There we go. Turning mm -hmm. a moment, that's perfect. 
That's, that's yeah. the whole thing. So you say, okay, this this was brought to you by this. And this right here, it was actually based off of a true story. Go on to this link. That's how you draw attention to stuff. We got to do something that catches the attention of the people and we'll be there. Right. There. Because we can't do, what is that quote, Reverend doing the same thing over and over again? Insanity. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, Expecting something different. Right. Something different. And yeah, you got to do it where we different. can get the get the most of the people. We got commercials right in our hand. Everybody watch these TVs. We flick through there all day looking to see what somebody mm -hmm. didn't put out here. I know. I and, and that's the thing is, is we keep looking outside of ourselves. And and, yeah. and so you know the the one thing I want to just urge people uh, are listening listening listeners to do is to ask yourself how comfortable are you yeah because you know there, there needs to be i mean all of us have been made uncomfortable somehow some way that's why we're here mm -hmm. because it has disturbed us to no yeah. end whether yeah. it was personally or somebody we know we were disturbed and and you can't get anywhere without getting angry enough to say, okay, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. And so for some of our people, you get so comfortable and, and then you're okay with things as they are. And mm -hmm. you gotta ask, you gotta check your comfortable <laughs> monitor. Where are you? And some of us are just sleepwalking and not right. understanding what's actually going on in your community. You're like the walking dead. And mm -hmm. we need exactly. you to wake up. <laughs> Right. That's <laughs> <felt>, uh, explicit. <laughs> so before we go, you guys, um, I've been talking to Crystal. Uh, Crystal, you guys know her. She's in uh, Huron Valley, and she is suffering from from the mold, mm -hmm. the black mold that's inside Huron Valley. Um, that's Crystal before, and that's what she looks like. Well, she uh, there's so much stuff that's going on with Crystal right now. So she did, um, she recently did a recording, and I want to take time out before we leave to listen to Crystal and my um, action, direct action, my call to us today is to contact, and there's going to be at the end of it, uh, the Heidi Washington, um, the governor, because we have to get these women some help. They know that mold is in that prison. We've been talking about this for a long time. They know that that mold is inside Huron Valley. So, Crystal, this is Crystal. Hi, my name is Crystal Denise Clark. My MA number is 435064. I'm in WAV, the Valley of Dells. Still haven't got no help. Still haven't went to the heart specialist. It's like my body is like declining. It's just, it's, it's not doing good. My heart not doing good. My chest, I've been telling them I'm bringing up blood. I'm having these real bad nosebleeds. My eyesight, I'm really scared. My ears is so bad, y'all. It's so bad. And I'm begging them to send me to the hospital. I shouldn't, my body should not be swollen like this and stand swollen like this. I'm begging them and telling them, it's something that's not right. It's something not right. Why y'all not listening to me? 
it's, it's they fought. They don't want to send me to the hospital because they know the hospital going to show what's going on. And they, they in here trying to act like it's nothing wrong. When you can see it all on my body, you can see how my body is, is how I'm looking. I'm tired. I'm tired of laying in this bed that I can barely sometimes can't even get out the bed. My bunkie had to help me. This is unstoppable. Just sound and ringing. I'm hitting my ears. How bad my ears is swollen. They infected. You can see the stuff in there. And nothing is being done at all. Nothing. They ain't giving me no antibiotics, no ear drops. They won't give me nothing. They trying to just act like I'm just, I'm just normal. And then I went to see the uh the mental health doctor like i'm like is you here to help me or are you here to make it seem like i'm crazy because ain't nothing crazy about me every y'all have been in black and white with all every medical and every blood everything y'all took it came back that something is wrong she's like oh where's your anxiety high trying to give me some psych medication i'm like i'm i don't need no psych medication i need to get to the hospital like i need to get to a hospital. <laughs> they trying to dope me up on psych medications like that. I'm crazy. <laughs> this is unacceptable what they are doing in here. I said, I said, and she seen this. She said, oh, you ill? You swollen? Your face? She seen everything. But you want to give me some psych medication that made me like, like a zombie around here like everybody else and like I'm, and make me sleepy so I won't think. This, this, this is sickness. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I had to go through this. We matter. I matter. Should know what had to be treated like this to go through this. And and they know I'm speaking out about it, so that's they keep on like acting like oh like it's a mental. Ain't nothing just yeah, y'all y'all wasn't playing on my mental. Y'all neglecting me. Y'all been neglecting me for too long. I've been telling them about this mold and how it's affecting me. And now you got proof and now you got some medical records and you still don't do nothing. The doctor can sit in your face and smile and, and cover your help up and not do anything. Nodules, they are growing in my throat. You can see them moving where I, where I talk. They so swole. They are growing. I have, still have no follow-up for that. The lumps in my chest and I see my chest, what they said. Still no follow-up for that. Just, 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 just. This has got to stop what they do to me. This, this, this. I need to get to a hospital so I can get the right help before it's too late. I'm telling y'all, whatever my body is doing, is not normal. <laughs> this is not right. I just want to tell y'all, I'm just grateful to have y'all in my life and y'all support. I really love all of you. And I'm praying that y'all can stay by our side and fight with us through this. Fight with us and don't give up on us. We need, we need y'all. <laughs> my name is Crystal Denise Clark. My MA number is 435064. I'm in WAZ, the Valley of Death. These commentaries are recorded by Prison Radio. Um, yeah, I just um, talked to. I talked to Crystal, and I test with her daughter often, and um, there's, she's still having a hard time in there. So I know she told me there's going to be on uh, Mother's Day, they're planning some kind of protest at Huron Valley. Um, but we just still have to, you know, support Crystal. I have... Um, um, she did tell me that um, 
um, the clemency. They are investigating for her clemency now, and they're pulling her medical records. So we just had to send um, some information. I'm going to have the links on my page and on the Justice for Gerard page where we can send to write um, the clemency uh, committee and whoever else, the governor, to support Crystal's release because she's really sick. Uh, she's extremely sick. And um, we need to get Crystal home. She has children. She even has grandchildren now. And we didn't have another woman in Huron Valley die from that mold. We just had one a year or two ago. Miss um, Teresa Dunlap passed away because she had that black mold in her chemo port. So they know that black mold is in here. I don't care how much they paint on top of it or how much they don't see it when, they, when people go in there to visit. They know that prison is full of black mold. So I just wanted to put Crystal information up here one more time. If you guys want to reach out to Crystal to send her a letter of support. That's her information. And um, we're going to keep on, you know, putting information out here to poor Crystal, standing up and supporting her medical clemency. So, you guys, next week we're going to have one Marvina Haynes and family from, uh, and another family from um, Milwaukee um, coming on talking about another wrongful conviction out there. Um, did anyone want to leave something before we go? Any last words? Okay, Attorney Matt. Um, I wanted to say this. <clears throat> I want everybody to understand when there's a lot of talk about these exonerees and I know, and I've met a lot of quote unquote exonerees and some of them have patted uh, Kim Worthy on the back and very grateful. You need to understand something. 99% of these people that are exonerees, it doesn't mean they can't be charged again. You do know that. Okay. Do not confuse with an exoneree, which, which really is a, is a false term, and I don't mean a slight on people that have been let out, but that's really a false term because you've not been exonerated of anything unless there's a not guilty verdict that's been rendered, and that really isn't mm -hmm. exoneration at all. It's a statement that the state has not proven their case beyond a reasonable doubt, you know? So the only actual exonerations are the Richard Kimballs of the world. Who is Richard Kimball? The fugitive. Okay. Those are the only exonerations where they show it was the one-armed man that did it. Guess what, y'all? Ain't a bunch of black men being released that got no one-armed man defense. You understand? That worked. So what I'm saying is, and really this is to the people that are, that are quote-unquote exonerees, I'm happy that y'all is out, but it's a mistake for you to go and try to say how the system has vindicated you. It really hasn't. What the system has done is said, we admit a mistake was made and the prosecutor has said, for whatever reason, we are not going to charge you or we have not made a decision if we're going to recharge you, okay? So a person that's an exoneree, um, you, you walk a fine line, okay? You walk a very, very fine line. And in the state of Michigan, you're supposed to be able to get like $50,000 a year for, uh, for, for being wrongfully incarcerated. 
Ask them, ask some people that have been exonerated how much money they done got. Just ask them. Ask them. Okay. That is a lot harder than you than, than you might realize. So I support God bless y'all. Uh Sister Dodson, we never met before, but God bless you, you know, and, and keep on in, in, in the good fight. But Trishay is right. It's not over till we get involved, y'all. I mean, and, and and stop running from jury duty. I know somebody said, but I'm gonna say it as a practitioner. It is so disheartening to me to go into a jury veneer, which is a the, the big group of people, all right, and I don't see no black and brown faces. I've got to count on the humanity of white folk in order to have any kind of chance, okay? Any kind of chance. And y'all, you know, if we're 13% of the population, we need to be at least 13% of every jury. <laughs> and you know, you only need one vote to hang a jury up, okay? You only need one dedicated man or woman on a jury that sees an injustice and saying, hell no, I'm not going to let this happen. I don't care if 11 of y'all 11 of y'all say the man guilty. I got a reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that voice will never be heard if you're not in the stadium, y'all. You know, so hang in there. And Jay Love, I'm going to say this other thing. You know that I've been having a big push with my state legislature about having people with a penitentiary experience being able to sit on juries. You remember when I had Jimmy Wilson come on, okay? So yeah. that, that is still in the queue. Unfortunately, we lost Democratic control of the House of Representatives. I'm sure you know. So that's bogged down. Qualified immunity bogged down, bogged down, you know. And even when we had a chance to push that through, scare Democrats, scare Democrats, you know, you know, worrying about I, I can't go against the police, you know, you know, you know, I'm gonna get term limited. Well, here we go. So we just keep pulling, pushing the fight. You know, God bless you. I love all y'all. Thank Bye you. Too. Bye you too. All right, you guys. Well, on that note, I'll see you next week. Thank you, Miss Diane. Thank you, Sonia. Oh, we, thank y'all. Thank y'all for having us. me. Yes, you're welcome to join us again, uh, Sonia. Uh, <laughs> I have to get you get connected with you. But okay. Thank you, Miss Diane. <laughs> uh, we'll see you soon, uh, Miss Diane. And, okay. Uh, you guys have a good night. You too. Okay. You also.